0: Great to be with you. I think the high is 55 degrees in February. Where would you rather live than Northern California? (laughs) Love, love living here. Love doing life with you. And I'm excited today. If you're visiting, my name's Scott. I'm one of the pastors on staff. We are finishing our Family 30 series. We've asked for 30 days from you, actually 28, to help us strengthen and encourage your family. And I don't know if you're aware of it, but families are in a very precarious, very fragile place in our culture today. Very, very, very precarious, very, very fragile. And so today, I hope you'll be comfortable with me being direct with you and giving you some challenges, okay? Even if you don't agree, it's in love. Is that all right? Okay. And it'll be from the scriptures. So today we're going to continue this series, Strengthening Your Family, and what we've said all month is this, when you strengthen your faith, you strengthen your family. And so as you leave today, you might be tempted to strengthen someone else's faith. Stop it. We can't change others. Just work on you. Strengthen your faith, you'll strengthen your whole family. And the question we're going to ask today is, what are the final four essentials for turning your home into a Christian home. Last week we talked about the first three. Today we're going to talk about the last four. And what we need to remember as it relates to our relationship with God is that God's a gentleman. He he gives you the choice to make a decision about the trajectory of your family. And a type of Jesus in about 1100 B.C. uh, wrote the following. He said, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Who you're going to serve? Whether the gods of your ancestors that they served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, or the gods of the Termites, you make a decision of who you're going to serve. And you know if if you know as a as an American, you have a choice to serve Uh, your own pleasures you have a choice to serve your financial portfolio you have a choice to serve your own real estate investments or you have a and not that any of those things are wrong but you have a choice to put the Lord first and then enjoy every good and perfect gift that comes from God you put Jesus first and everything else is good and pleasant and enjoyed with moderation you get to choose Joshua said as for me and my household we will serve the Lord this morning, I have compassion and empathy for those that are in our services, uh, this weekend that are in homes where you're, you're not in a, uh, your, your spouse is perhaps not that excited about following Jesus. And I just want you to know, you, you don't worry about him or her. You just follow Jesus. And you be, you allow yourself to let the Holy Spirit do a work in you. And let him reach your spouse. Okay. You just work on developing your own faith and, uh, you're in my prayers. Stay strong and, uh, be confident. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. One thing to understand is that in our homes, there, there is what we call spiritual warfare. It's not just, we don't just fight against flesh and blood. We're not just fighting over who gets the, um, you know, who gets the, Uh, the, the BJ's leftovers or who gets the Papa Murphy's leftovers. There's a spiritual warfare in our home. And, and, and this is, this is to some degree an introduction to next week's new series called Supernatural, a verse by verse study through Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 24. But check out what, uh, Jesus says through the Apostle Paul. And when I get to the red, please read with me. Finally, be strong in the Lord. so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. And so if we're in a spiritual warfare, then we have to just acknowledge that 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 takes place in the space of our own homes sometimes, okay? And that series, I think, next week will help you continue to develop uh strength in the space of your homes and at work. <clears throat> always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, the first three essentials in turning your home into a Christian home have more to do with mission and values belief system. The first one we identified was Christ has to be first. As for you, Christ has to be first. Jesus Christ, make him first. And here's why. Jesus is the one that was chosen by God to be a mediator between God and man. He's the one that suffered for our sins on the cross, was buried and resurrected from the dead. He's the one that sits at the right hand of God and to whom all angels and authority are subject. He is the one who gave his spirit that lives in you. He's the one that came into the world as a precious baby. It is Jesus. Babies are welcome here. Don't leave. <laughs> Jesus is the one that understands your humanity, and it's his spirit that lives in you that will help you become who you were intended to be. He's the one. So you've got to put Christ first, personally, as it relates to your home. If you haven't done that, the, the first step today you'll have a chance is to believe that Christ died for your sins, was buried, and resurrected from the dead. That's your first step. I hope you'll consider that decision today if you've not made it. The second is to create great atmosphere. Make a decision that your home is going to be a fun home, a home that's like the kingdom of God. And how is the kingdom of God described? A home of peace, a home of joy, and a home of Christ-like character. Peace, joy, and Christ-like character. You set the tone for your home. Men, you're the, the thermostats Ladies, you're the thermometers. You set the tone. And then lastly, clarify values. Make a decision that about some own personal values that you're going to own in your own home. We talked about those a little bit last week. Bryce Jessup said, we, says of his family, we make memories, not mansions. The Howells talked about, hey, we uh, there's no quit in Howell. Ma- make a commitment to some values. Have some fun with that. But there's two parts here. There's two parts. What are the final four essentials for turning your home into a Christian home? There's two parts. Why two parts? Well, the first is really what you believe. It's, it has more to do with framing, uh, your mission, framing your values, framing the kind of, uh, marks, perhaps you could use that word to describe your family or yourself personally. But you've got to have more than just a belief system. You have to have, you have to have a systematic list of habits that you practice that will help give you the net result you're looking for. For example, a lot of us are trying to take care of ourselves, right? Trying not to gain weight. How many of you are in that pool with me? Okay, good to have you. All right. We're being very honest this morning. I love that. But you know that if you grab that, as I was tempted to, you grab that leftover Valentine's Day candy. Does anyone have any leftover? But you see little parcels throughout, throughout the house or throughout work. As you grab that, you know that that habit, that little act can lead to a habit that can lead to a routine that can lead to a higher body mass index right so so it's you have to develop a new routine that like broccoli that leads you towards a habit that nets you a better result and the problem is you have to do it every day right although Dr. Oz says you should take Fridays off <laughs> so 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 why two parts to turning your home into a Christian home well the first piece is is more cognitive. It's making a decision about what our family it believes, what our family values, what kind of marks will uh, denote what our family looks like. But the next the next piece has more to do with what kind of habits we're going to practice as a family. And habits are measurable. They're they're like your dashboard. You can see it on the odometer. You can see them every week. And I'm going to introduce four habits today. This book I haven't read, but I love the quote. James Clear's Atomic Habits he says this you do not rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems so you might have big goals and not to pick on the weight loss thing cuz i know that probably bugs some people but but if you can have a goal of of being at a certain weight but if you if you're not systematic every day about what you're eating then you're going to have to run a whole lot more than you want to because you don't have a system so you got to have a system this To, to get healthy, you gotta have a system to turn your home into a Christian home. Does that make sense? You gotta have habits. Habits are measurable. They're, you can, you can easily follow them. So, are you ready for four habits? I tell you, these four will strengthen your family. Here we go. The first one is commit to serve. Commit to serve. Say that word, word with me. serve. 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 Commit to serve. Some of you think I'm coming to recruit you for the nursery this morning don't you you're like "Ah, i know where he's going i'm not it's the high school ministry just kidding read this with me offer hospitality to one another without grumbling each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of god's grace in its various forms this is jesus speaking through peter offer hospitality serve others I wasn't supposed to be here. I, I it's know. Not you're that not easy. supposed to be here week. I know. You know what happened? Early this morning, 5 a.m., my phone rang. Rang. I thought, woo, there's a fire. Get the baby. My wife said, That's your phone, dummy. I said, Oh, hello. It's Scarlett. Oh, I, I know that. I shouldn't have that. answered my phone. I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have answered my phone. I said, mm-hmm. What you want, Scarlett? Mm-hmm. I already know what you're talking about. She said, Are you asleep? I said, No, I'm up reading the Bible at 5 a.m., <laughs> that's what I'm doing. No. Uh, yeah, I'm sleep. What do you want? What do you want? She said, "Will you serve?" I said, "I serve." If you tell Pastor Scott, I served two times this month. I want pastor points pass the for this. Points. Two times that right. this month, I served last Sunday and I'm serving this Sunday. So here I am. Bye, bye, bye. Mm-hmm. First, show me that. Let me get it pulled up. There it is. Right oh, there. God! How much that fish weigh? Man, that's a 600 pound grouper. Look at that. Man, look hey, at the bait. I said, "Grouper sandwich." Watch this bait. Watch this bait right here. Hang watch. On. Watch. Just a minute. Watch. Just a minute. Watch, 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 Look at it. Whoa. Dude. Whoa, can, you can you someone just me tell me where okay, to, go. Right. to go? I need to go. Hello, excuse me. Put that. All send right. Send an email, that. email that to me. can. Yes, you? Hey, good morning. Yeah. I want to talk to. Service is not that easy and yet it has a strange impact on our children and our whole family. Check out this UK study uh over over several decades that Bob Ballion caught from Bayside Midtown. Here it is. People who had a lifestyle of carving out time to volunteer had less heart disease, less depression, and less stress. As for teenagers who had a lifestyle of serving, they had less depression, less drug use, and less teenage pregnancy. And the statistics still held true even if the parents had to force their kids into the volunteering. (laughs) Serving with a bad attitude still has benefits. There's something about serving That is transformational, even with a bad attitude. And so, so this, making this a family value, both in the home, where in our home, we have a rule. Hey, whoever's cooking, we, we wait till that person is seated and gets the first bite before we, we eat. Because she has been serving. Okay. In our home, I cook occasionally. Maybe once every two years. Not a high demand for my services. Serving, serving one another in the home. Being, is, is so critical. Serving it in the community. So critical to family formation. And how do we do this? Commit to serve each other. Commit to serve others. View yourself as a servant. A servant. I love that line. Jesus' own brother, James, after Jesus' resurrection, he said this of himself. I, James, a bond servant of the Lord Jesus. You know what he was saying? (laughs) I'm totally committed to serving my, my older brother. That's humility in any home. That, that's, and it's a, it's a willful choice of mine. Maintain this attitude, this demeanor, of being a servant. And what that means is simply put the person next to you in front of you all the time. It's easier said than done when you see that parking space. You're like, oh, that's beautiful. I want that parking space. And you don't get it. Or you see a line open up and you're like, oh, that's a beautiful line. They're moving fast. She's not talking much. She's going through those groceries so fast. I want that one. But there's so much joy in serving. Make service a part of your family. Here's an interesting fact. Young people that are, that are raised going to services and who are serving, like in the children's ministry or, or student ministry, those young people have a very high probability when they go off to college that they will be going to church. Statistically. Serving the, alongside other adults is the beginning of getting them ready for their young adult years. Does that make sense? So service will affect your family. And can be uh, such a joy. And I want to say also, when you offer hospitality in your home and you have challenging guests or pets sometimes when you open your home to animal life, you get an opportunity to really grow as a servant, to really grow as a host. And I, I love what Peter said. He said, offer hospitality to one another. Do you remember what he said right after that? without grumbling. We said that, well, grumbling. <laughs> It'll change you. And I, we say it around here this way. Give people in your neighborhood refrigerator rights. You know what that means? They can walk over, knock on your door, walk in and grab something out of the fridge. Give people refrigerator rights. And you might say, we don't have anything in our fridge. Well, maybe they'll feel sorry for you and bring some for you. Okay? First first step in turning your home into a Christian home is to start valuing service personally. I mean, make it a... And service to one another. Hey, wives, serve your husbands. Husbands, serve your wives. Serve them. I saw one of you men go, "Uh, Uh-uh, what? Yes, sir. Passionately serve. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Service, number one. Number two, communicate, communicate, communicate. Now, before we talk about family, think about this at work. How many of you at work have a daily huddle? Every day you go into work, there's a quick five or ten minute huddle. Raise your hand. How many of you have a weekly staff meeting? How many of you have a monthly staff meeting? How many of you don't have to talk to anyone you work with ever? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Here's the deal. If, if, the, if our workspace values communication, how much more should we value good communication in our own homes? Jesus gives us some real direction with this. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them. When you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, this was given to the Hebrews when they were in, uh, uh, when they were in the wilderness. And Moses is trying to encourage parents to recognize you are the primary rabbis of your home. You're the teachers. We cannot expect our Natomas Unified School District to teach our children, the most important teachings, which are how to follow Jesus. That's our job. We can't even expect it of the Adventure Zone. That's why Adventure Zone wants to partner with us parents. They want to come alongside and encourage us to do our job and communicate with our kids. This this study of 600 couples identified something about communication that I think is super important. In the strongest marriages, husband and wife share a deep sense of meaning. They don't just get along. They build a sense of purpose into their lives together. They communicate constantly. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Here's a great example of communication. Like, like I do this all the time. if I go out at the, at the house or the door, that has a toy. And then has all his toys. Okay. But I have to yell at you guys. Okay, Linda. Linda, listen, Be- listen, listen. You- listen, listen, Linda. Listen. Okay, what? Like everything that you at this house, you can't touch everything at grandma's house. Okay. Okay, then what? Then you're not listening to me. Then you're not listening to me. I asked you not to do something. No, no, but listen to me, Look it. If you do something, if you get that out, that off, you're gonna break it. Okay, but I'm asking. I'm letting you know but that you cannot. You know, no, Linda, I'm. Linda, li- lick it, lick it. You're not listening to me. Linda, listen to me, now. Lick it, lick listen to me listen, now. Listen to me now. Listen to me. No, you're not listening. I said no cupcakes, and you try to get cupcakes, and you try to ask grandma. Who's in for having that kid in your house for a week this week? I am in. That dude is awesome. Oh, listen, listen, listen. I mean, this is, this is, that's communication, right? They were communicating. Let me talk to you. Let me ask you a few questions about your communication in your own home. Let me ask you. These are five topics to never stop communicating about. The first is this, the power of truth. Let me let me ask you. You ever you ever discuss in your home the the Ten Commandments? You ever discuss those? Let me ask. Do you know what those are? Go ahead. Turn to your neighbor. Give them give them five. Real quick. Go. Go ahead. Take five. Give them five. Give them five. Okay. All right. How many you like? I Came up with two. Okay. More important than the Ten Commandments. When it comes to discussing in your home, more important than the Ten Commandments. Do you know the royal law? Do you know what the royal law is? Turn to your neighbor. Tell them what the royal law is. Talk loud to make it seem like you know what it is. Do you know what the royal law is. The royal law is even more important because it summarizes most of the Ten Commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who got it right? Yeah! Awesome. Hands everywhere. Okay. Do you you discuss the power of truth in your home? Secondly, do you discuss in your home the need for grace? Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? Why did Jesus have to go to the cross? And since he effectively went to the cross and died a substitutionary death for our sins, what's the place of grace in our everyday life now? Is grace just justifying or does grace do more, like strengthen and empower? Do you discuss this stuff here? Thirdly, do you ever discuss the why behind the way? What's the moral reason why? Now, with young people, when you're raising them, you don't have to give them the moral reason why. In fact, you don't even want to tell them why. You just tell them what to do. You want to train those habits so eventually it will train their heart. As they get older, then you talk to them about the the why. The why. Do you you discuss in your home routines that lead to rewards? A good night's sleep. Self-control with online media, so you have mental energy to focus. Eating healthy. Greeting one another with gentleness in the morning. Being careful about what we say. At 5: 30 a.m, delaying any conversation till a solid 10 a.m, do you know the or your last coffee? Have you learned the routines that lead to rewards? Have you learned that hard work produces profit? Have you learned that? Or is that a part of the discussion in your home? Have you discussed the power of listening over lecture? Have you learned the power of a great question rather than a great lecture in your own home? Now, when you're raising young kids, you're the one that's in authority. You're the leader. So you give the instruction. But as your kids get older, you learn to ask great questions of your kids. When I say older, I'm talking about 15, 16, 25. These are topics to never stop communicating on. And it's far better to come up with great questions. How do you do this? How do you communicate? Here's how you communicate. I I actually think this is some of the most important stuff I'll share today. Keep asking bigger and better questions. Ask them as a parent. Ask them as a spouse. Ask them as a supervisor. Here they are. What does love look like in this situation? If I'm under the royal law, loving my neighbor as myself, what does love look like in this situation as it relates to my marriage, as it relates to my interaction with my kids? What does it look like as it relates to my single life? What does it look like? What does love look like? Secondly, what did Jesus say about this, especially as you're raising college-age university students who have perhaps had their faith uh, questioned by looking at At Old Testament teachings, I think it's super value to ask the question, what did Jesus say about this topic? What did Jesus say about Moses' narrative or David or or Solomon's teachings? The other question that is good is how could grace strengthen me to do what I don't want to do? Where does grace have a place when you don't want to do something? You want to quit. Where's the place of grace? How much faith do I have in what God can do? What are the outcomes of this routine? Where am I headed? How about this? This is a good question a parent could ask of their elementary kid. What would you like to do together for fun? that doesn't require a lot of exercise. Yeah, <laughs> Just kidding. That's a good question for even vacation planning. Get their input on it when they're young. And here's a great question, I think. I think this is the question for marrieds. I think this is the question uh, as your kids get older. Great question that I've used with my sons. What are your expectations of me? That's a fun one. You're going to get the, the bullseye. You're going to get some real direction. This to me is an exciting question. I'm not just being dramatic. I love this question. I love asking. I don't know that I want to feel. You're about ready to embark. Many of you are, are, uh, have kids that are about ready to get super busy this, this spring. Um, you're going to be playing little league. You're going to be driving putting together lunches, buying Little Caesars pizza more than you planned on, you're going to be so busy, you're going to be blurry-eyed most of the time. I want to remind you that the most important thing that's going to happen when you communicate with your kids, the most important thing that's going to happen is their character development through sports. When they don't get to start, when they get called out by their coach, when some parent gets on your nerves and your kids get to watch you have self-control around that, the most important thing is actually the character development of your kids. That's why we put our kids in football. I didn't play football, but we put them all in football because we knew that they wouldn't start necessarily. They'd be humbled. Their coaches would yell at them, and they delivered that for the kids and they'd keep them humble. But how do you use your time wisely when you've got a part-time job in our community with your kids. How do you do that? And this is, this is an acrostic we use at our church that empowers us to really serve our community. We use it every day. I use this every day. I want you to use this every day. Whether I ever see you again or not, I want you to use this every day. Here it is. Begin each day with prayer. Give Jesus your best 15 minutes of every day. Communicate with Him. Listen to those around you. Ask a follow up question when people talk. Make certain you understood. Third, eat with people. Accept invitations to eat with people all the time. Be with them. You're you're eating, they're eating, eat together. When you're in a restaurant, you're by yourself, and someone else is by themselves, if it's appropriate, ask if you can sit with them. Fourthly, serve. We've talked about that already. Seize opportunities to serve people around the bleachers, around the field, for cleanup. And finally, when you get a chance and it's appropriate and you've earned the right, share your Jesus story. You're going to get busy this spring. Get busy blessing people. Communicate the gospel to people. Seize the moment to do that. That's going to help turn your home into a Christian home and bless your family. Pray every day for your kids. Pray for your neighbors daily. Mm-hmm. Number six, connect to the church. Connect to the church. This is the third habit that will help turn your home into a Christian home. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread, Luke is writing. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, he kept on talking until midnight. There were many lamps on the upstairs room where they were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third floor and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. Then say it with me. Then he went upstairs again and broke bread and ate. After talking until daylight, he left. That's a long church service. That went all night. And what's amazing is. As sad as it was, uh, when this boy got hurt, they continue to have church. Or I I like saying they, the assembly continue to stay together. I want to encourage you to make it a part of your habit to connect to your home church. Let me, let me tell you, I think one of the most important reasons why there are amazing people in the body of Christ. We have amazing people here. When I say amazing, we have amazing people that endure suffering that you could learn from. There are amazing people of prayer here who will pray for you. There are amazing professionals here you can learn from in every field. There are amazing people who have raised great families and have struggled doing it. You could learn from We actually have some amazing athletes here. And I'm not one of them, but we have some amazing athletes here that are fun to be with. We have some people here that God just speaks through. Connect to your church. Make it a, a family commitment to connect to your church. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, during World War II, pastor in Germany, a resistant movement pastor, said this, It is easily forgotten that the fellowship of Christian brethren is a gift of grace, a gift of the kingdom of God, that any day may be taken from us that the time that still separates us from utter loneliness may be brief indeed. Therefore, let him who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians praise God's grace from the bottom of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare, It is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren. Deirdre Bonhoeffer, Life Together. It's rich being with fellow Christians. It's awesome. Because they speak to your heart. They inspire you. Seize the opportunity to do it. Here's some, here's some way to, to, ways to maximize your church experience. I'm going to go through fast. Work the room. Talk to people. Say, hi. Here's a great question. What's new? (laughs) Stretch yourself during worship. Get a Bible and take notes. Apply the sermon to yourself, not to someone else. Talk about it at meals during the week. You'll learn more from discussing what you heard than listening to me. Get in a community group. Take a nap after as a reward. Here's ways to connect at adventure. Our Weekend Remembers are great weekend experience for marrieds. If you haven't done one, do one. I've done five. They're awesome. We also have premarital counseling. If you're considering getting married or need to recalibrate your marriage, premarital and counseling starts this week. Let us know on your Connect card if you're interested. Community groups are chances to do life with people. Wait for your, for your high school students. We have Pursuit. By the way, high school is going to the Sierras this weekend. I'm so proud of them. They're also doing Rooted. Fifteen high school kids were here last Sunday night in our discipleship experience, Rooted. Middle school is, just came down from the mountains yesterday. So proud of them. Adventure Zone is a chance for your kids to connect with small group leaders. And Annie wasn't exaggerating. Some of those small group leaders, all of them are amazing adults. You want to get them in there. And finally, the last habit. The, per- the sixth was connect to church. The next habit is to forgive and be faithful. Here it is. Combine forgiveness and faithfulness. Jesus said through Paul, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, forgave you. And you know the place where it's hardest to forgive and be faithful? Here it is. Kurt Harlow says this, the great joys I have, I, ever, I have ever experienced were around the table and in the closest moments of that family. The greatest wounds that I've received were in that same family. Unless I decide to both forgive and rise up to the level of faithfulness, I cannot build the home God's, God has for me. How do you forgive people? Well, you, you remember that we're to forgive just as Christ forgave us. Just as Christ forgave us. And what if you, how do you deal with that, that bitterness of heart? Here's what I do. I pray for people. Someone gets on my nerves. I pray for them. Pray God blesses them. I don't go tell them. I'm praying God blesses you. They'd look at me like I'm some weirdo, but I I pray for people, and I encourage you to do the same. That'll help you get over your bitterness and your lack of forgiveness. Pray God's blessing on people because He loves them just as much as He does you. You may be here today and really feel a disconnect from this whole series on family. I mean, you're here and you're like, ah, come on, when's this over? This is, does not relate to me. I want to give you a verse I found this week that I thought that really touched my heart very truly i tell you everyone who has everyone who sins is a slave to sin yeah? now a slave has no permanent place in the family let's just pause there if you're a slave and i'm i'm sorry to bring i'm sorry to this sounds awful that i'm even talking about this but slavery existed in uh in a long uh, long time ago it still does exist unfortunately on our planet in some places now a slave has no permanent place in the family But a son belongs to that family forever. Make sense? You're a son. You're an heir. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And here's what Jesus is saying here. If you've placed your faith in him, you've become a son. You've become a daughter. You've become a beneficiary and an heir of all that God has for you. You, you should have great confidence. You should have son swag or daughter swag. Because you should have great confidence of, of who you are in Christ. Great confidence that God can work through you as you put Christ first. That God can work through you as you create atmosphere in your home. That God can work through you to establish values as it relates to you personally. That God can work through you as you commit to serve. That God can work through you as you communicate, communicate, and you communicate. That God can work through you as you connect to your home church. And that God can work through you as you forgive and you practice faithfulness. As for you and your household, you get to choose whom you will serve. And when you do, you, when you receive Christ, you become God's child. It's awesome. I want you to experience it. I want you to leave today with confidence. that You can change your family if you strengthen your faith. It will make an impact. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to believe in him. I'm going to give you a chance to today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the families you've given us. Thank you for the incredible examples you've given us. And thank you for the not-incredible examples you've given us. Help us choose this day to strengthen our own faith, to make those commitments, to install those habits that will change the forevers of our family. And if you're here today and you've never made a decision to believe that Jesus of Nazareth died for your sins was buried and resurrected from the dead to give you hope and strength and power and forgiveness and a relationship with God. You've never done that. You're ready to? I invite you right from where you're seated to just say this prayer. Jesus, today, I accept that you died for my sin and that you were raised from the dead. Today, if that's if first time for you, Jesus, I accept that you died for my sin and you were raised from the dead. I accept that. I believe in you. Be the leader of my life. And if that was your prayer today for the first time, I want to acknowledge it with every eye closed and every head bowed. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, today's the day. I'm ready. I'm ready to follow him. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Saying, yes, I want to follow him. I want to follow. Heavenly Father, we praise you for the decisions that are being made. And we ask that as you strengthen our faith, we get to strengthen our family.